I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and we'll be looking ahead, of course, to Saturday's home game with Fleetwood on this show. Joining me to do just that, first a man who's itching to get out for his curry uh, is uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. You okay? Yeah, yeah not too bad. Off out for a ruby after the uh, recording of the show, aren't you? So, yeah, to absolutely. To. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Going to be rushing through this one then. And uh, also joining us... Uh, a man who, as far as I know, is going rubulous this evening, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. I thought you was actually was going to say he's itching anyway, but I was like, well... I'd heard the rumours, but... Um, yeah. I'd... <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but that's fully healed now. Natural yoghurt, uh, if anyone's listening. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so on this evening's show, as I said, we'll be looking ahead to the game uh, with Fleetwood later on. We've got loads to talk about, though, of course. Uh, transfer rumours. Uh, Tis the season for a bit of that as well. We'll hear Johnny Jackson speak about the current state of affairs uh, in terms of transfers. Talk a little bit about what Jacko sees now as the objective uh, for the season. Uh, Terry Skiverton's joined as a coach as well. Hear a little bit uh, about him. Uh, we're going to hear... A little bit about the under-18s as well. They've made progression uh, in the FA Youth Cup. We've got an exclusive interview uh, with the Charlton Athletic women's captain, Lauren Bruton, who uh, she is sponsored by Charlton Live. We sponsor her home shirt. Uh, she finally made her first appearance of the season uh, last Sunday against Lewis. So I had a quick chat with her. Uh, then, of course, as I said, we'll look uh, ahead to the visit of the Cod Army uh, to the Valley. We're going to hear from Tom Sandals from the Blackpool Gazette. Uh, and Jacko will give us all the latest team news uh, as well. But first things first, I think... As it stands, you know, Chooks and EK's come in uh, on uh, on a, a three and a half year deal. At the uh, was it at the end of last week, which we're all very excited about. But yeah, it's over a week now. We're itching for some more uh, transfers. You may have seen Richard Corley suggesting uh, something could be very close. That's what we're hearing. Um, so uh, Johnny Jackson was asked about ins and outs uh, in press day today. Uh, says if someone does come in uh, before the weekend, it might be a bit tight for them to start the game uh, against Fleetwood on Saturday. Yeah, well, obviously we're sat here Thursday afternoon now, so um, I think it'd be unlikely that any new faces would have any involvement at the weekend now. Um, but obviously, yeah, delighted, delighted. I mean, first signing in management and it's, it's Chooks and Niki. So uh, really pleased with that, that we've got him back on board. Obviously, immediate impact at the weekend. Uh, wasn't expecting him to get through the 90, to be honest, but delighted I kept him on. I'm sure he's delighted I kept him on because obviously he's ended up, you know, get, uh, grabbing a point for us there at the end. And that's what he's capable of. Um so, and we're going to need to utilise him. Obviously, we are, you know, we have found ourselves short in that department. So, he's probably going to be used more and quicker and sooner than than probably even he thought. But you know, needs must at these times with with a Stockley, with a Washington missing. You know, you you, you need to turn to someone, and, and who better than a Chucks? Those injuries you've just had, and and actually with the players coming back from injury, has that changed your 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 approach on the on the people you want to bring in and the type of player you want to bring in because of that? Not really. No, we sort of highlighted, you know, a month, five, four, five weeks ago, the the positions that we wanted wanted to improve, um, and that area, the, the, the top end of the pitch, was one of those anyway. But obviously, with the with the injuries. You know, it makes it even more pressing. And that's probably why, you know, we tried to um, get the Chucks one done as soon as as soon as we could, really. Obviously, they take time, but we managed to get him in still with a few games to go in January rather than wait until the very last minute. So that was important. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that brought the striker situation brought a little urgency about those ones. But um, obviously, you know, you, you, you don't start this process January the 1st. You start it a long time before that. And you have your targets and uh, and then it plays out from there. You know, it's never straightforward. It never very, very rarely happens on day one or two or three. Even it takes takes a bit of time, doesn't it? So um, we got there with Chucks. We'll get there with the others that we want. I'm sure we will. 
uh, whether they take a little bit more time or not, you know, we'll see. But um, certainly before the weekend, unlikely. There we go, Jacko, uh, giving us a load down. So saying it's it's going to be tough for one to come in before the weekend, and if they do, they're not necessarily going to be playing uh, against Fleetwood. I guess you know these deals have to be sorted by a certain time. But I mean, you know, as we said, Richard tweeting that a deal feels close, Lewis. Um, you know, no, no no names out there at the moment, but I mean, always excited to see some investment into the squad and and just a little bit of backup, I guess, for various positions that that we could do with. Yeah, definitely, and it's quite it's quite exciting at the moment, really, because I haven't seen us sort of immediately linked to anybody. So um, there's a little bit of you know just excitement to see who it is that we are going to get in. Um, it was nice to see that someone was close today, but I think that may fall into tomorrow now. Um, and yeah, just give us that that well-needed backup in positions that we need. You know, we've got, at the moment, we're in a, in a bit of a downturn of form. We're not, not really doing too well on the results side of things in a bit of a poor run. And we're, we're lacking options to try and change it up and uh, have put competition in certain areas. So, yeah, I mean, investment's needed. It's a difficult time to invest because of our position in the table and, and arguably if our season and promotion push is probably over at the moment. So it would be hard to attract the players maybe of the calibre that we'd like. So, yeah, the, it'll be interesting to see what kind of players do come in um, and what positions they do come in to, to give backup and competition for. Mm. I mean, uh, that, that signing of Chucks and EK last week, Nathan, and we, we've spoken about it since then, obviously on Sunday, was, it was a superb deal in my opinion. I think for that sort of money, striker with the goal record that he has in League One, it feels like a good bit of business to me, especially on the three-and-a-half-year deal now. But it, it doesn't change the fact that generally... In the January transfer window, it can be difficult to get many good deals like that. I think we've got Jake Forster Kasky in, in a window like that as well. But also, you often see a lot of loan movement. So if it is a loanee coming in tomorrow, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing. And because there are there, there will be gaps in that squad that it could be used to plug until until the end of the season. Yeah, of course it will. I think, like you say, a lot of loan moves do happen in January. I think the the sort of quandary we're in at the moment is is if it is a loan deal, if it's a permanent deal. Uh, if it's a permanent deal, then obviously it's more longer term. Um, if it's a loan deal, hopefully it's not going to cost too much money because I think in where we are in the league at the moment, you know, we're not really going to make the playoffs unless all bar a miracle. Um, so we don't really want to waste the money. I know that sounds a bit horrible and a bit negative, but I think for me, you should, we should be building for the future and uh, for next season as well. But if it is a loan and we are paying a little bit, hopefully it can come in and complement the side. In terms of, obviously, the positions, obviously, the strike was the one that we were all talking about. But I think in other positions, it, I suppose it all depends, really, on on what Jackson's going to, you know, what Jacko's going to do in terms of style and formation. Because um, I think we do need some sort of more backup. And, I mean, even you look at George Dobson. I mean, if Dobbo gets injured, I mean, who's going to fill in there? Are you going to put Sean Clare in there or are you going to put Watson? Watson can't really get around the pitch and play that sort of role. So... I think there's a couple of positions that we could strengthen if we do go down this 5-3-2 route or 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, if that one is, like Richard was saying, is is close, it'll be interesting to see who that is. Mm, yeah, I mean, because I, mean, I remember early on in the season, we were talking about what, what positions needed backup. And, and as was mentioned shortly ago, striker was one of those. I think Chuck's coming in, eases our concerns there a little bit. I mean, but then obviously we have the, the injury problems with... The likes of of Jaden and Connor, um, which which we'll get onto again further later in the show. But I remember the other one was always the left back, and then perhaps Ware came in or the left wing back role, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's one that I kind of still feel like we don't have backup in. I, I, unfortunately, Pap hasn't quite hit the ground running in, in in the way that we'd hoped. So that's one that we could think about. Maybe the Elliot Lee role. Maybe he needs a, a break as well, Lewis. I mean, there the, there are clearly question marks where you do need someone. Who, I mean, who who would who would replace Elliot, for example? Yeah, they're two of the key areas, in my opinion. Um, I know last weekend, um, Perrington wasn't well. He didn't play, did he? So JSM had to play out on that left hand side, and it was a little bit weak out there. And I think since Ben's come back into the the first team fold. He's been quite impressive and, and good going forward and defensively. So he's been key. But when you lose someone that's sort of an established left back, there's no real cover there. And as you mentioned, we have got Pap Suare, but he just hasn't really hit the ground running as quickly as we'd like maybe. And I think with him, obviously, he's had a long time out of football. So I think we we needed maybe to be in a better position ourselves to give him the time to 
uh, to sort of get up to speed and with the game because you know he's he's not played a lot of football over the years since he had his accident and everything. So there is that, but we'd have known that when we signed him. So it's a bit part and parcel. Uh, and as as you say with with Elliot Lee as well, really impressed me when he came in initially. And hasn't done a huge amount wrong, but as you say, form's dipped ever so slightly in the last maybe four or five games. Um, I thought he was good against Norwich, but in the league recently, he's not really been all that. Um, and I think it's just the the lack of competition in there to push you. Because if you're, we saw it earlier on in the season, there was no one to push for those positions. And there was no one sort of looking over your shoulder, tr- trying to protect their position in the starting eleven. And it feels a little bit like that at the moment, because we seem to be sort of lacking like like for like quality in those areas so i'd agree i mean elliot lee look, at the moment he's not having the best of times but i think he's been a good signing for us overall um but i would like to see somebody come in that can give him a bit of competition in that sort of number 10 role and hopefully that'll improve his game as well mm, i mean one i mean lewis said that there hasn't been really any names linked but one what, there is one name nathan that we have seen charlton linked with and it, mm. it wasn't linked by richard corley as such as of currently but um, you know, Sky Sports mentioned uh, you know our, our our name within the the Jermaine Defoe situation. <laughs> Obviously, he's been uh, he's no longer at Rangers, so he's a a free agent. So it doesn't necessarily have to be done inside the transfer window anyway. But you know, we were we were one of them, and did as a tease. And most of you listening to this tend to listen on a Friday morning anyway. But there are some comments from Jacko on the SLP back cover tomorrow regarding Jermaine Defoe. Um, so that'd be worth reading. Um, in, in your opinion, Nathan, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of the talk has been about that he'd have something to offer as a coach and a player still. I mean, he's, he's getting on a bit. Uh, a fine goal-getter in his day. Not always necessarily the most popular in SC7 because of the way he left the club when he was about 16. I mean, I think I could get over that if he came in and banged in 20 goals in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I mean, like you said there, he, whatever happened uh, when he was 16... Um, you know it's football you know I, I've done things that I probably regretted last week let alone when I was 16 <laughs> but, yeah, so, if we listed but, everything from when you were 16 <laughs> to now it's going to be a bloody long list including but, but, the uh, situation that you had to get the yoghurt out for <laughs> yeah I know but listen I think having someone of you know Jermaine's sort of pedigree in and around the squad I don't think he's going to be starting the rest of the season but I, I think if we think about it long term I think with Mason coming through and, you know, even Daniel Carnu coming through, I think what what a role model and if he you know, if Jermaine does want to be a coach, I don't think um I don't know don't understand why he would want to go anywhere else, you know. It's in London, he's probably near his family, started where he you know, come back where he started, so to speak. But um but look, I mean if you've got if you're chasing a goal chasing a goal last minute and the ball falls to anyone in the box I mean, you look at the finishes throughout the Premier League's history, you know, Harry Kane now, obviously, but Jermaine Defoe was up there with one of the best finishers. And I think, providing that, you know, the financials are there, which I don't think we're going to offer, you know, stupid money if, if we do He's decide to go offer his parents a house and then he'll come. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I think like, it's, it's, an option, it's an option to have off the bench. But I think if he wants to get involved in coaching and he's interested in that, I, I'd, I'd bite his hand off because yeah. imagine Mason going to training and being taught with his, like, his movement. You know, like Defoe was never the biggest, but his movement and his finishing was one of his best assets. And I think yeah. I can only learn from that. I think I was at Wembley for a game. I think it was against Bulgaria or Hungary when Jermaine Defoe scored a, a hat trick. And I was very conflicted that day because as a as a striker, you, you admired him. But then you're always at the back of your mind, just like, oh, we always boo him when he comes to the Valley. Am I allowed to like him now? But I think if he did come back, Lewis... Would he win you over if, like, if he found a way to start his coaching career? I mean, I saw a really good tweet from someone the other day saying, "Can you judge a, a nearly forty-year-old man for his actions when he was 16? I'd say probably not. No, not at all. And to be honest, I'd yeah, as Nave said, I think he's hit the nail on the head. I'd bite his hand off at the moment because one, we're really struggling to convert our chances when we're dominating games, which has become an our Achilles heel. We've got young strikers coming through, like. Carnu and like Mason Burst, though, who would benefit massively off of the experience of Jermaine Defoe. Um, and what a place to come back and, and start your sort of coaching journey as well. And, and if, like you say, if he can come in and make a bit of an impact on the pitch, and then if he remains as a coach and can make an impact off the pitch with some of these young strikers coming through, it's a win-win for both parties. So, yeah, I'd welcome him back. Yeah, so I, I certainly think I would to say, like I say, 
have a look out on, on the SLP back cover uh, and, and we'll see what it says. I mean, um, Jacko did talk a little bit in that clip a bit more about Chucks and EK, Nathan. So obviously we, we saw him come back, hit the ground running. Uh, we, we know we are light in that position. So he may be forced to start games more often than not. It'd be interesting to see sort of like his mentality because he, he could have felt disappointed, I guess, about the fact that he went up to Birmingham and it didn't work and he's ended up back at the Valley. But we didn't see any, I haven't seen any of that in terms of like the way he's interacted with the with with the fans at, at Cheltenham scoring his goal, you know, he filmed that funny video of, of him and Mason dancing, trying to get people to go on Saturday as well. He, he he seems to have settled really quickly again, which is um which is good to see. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, sometimes in football it doesn't work out, and then you you come back and you know, and it, it's like he never left really. But um, yeah, I just think looking at you know uh, Chucks is um, all round game since he's been at us, been at Cholton before and obviously now he's just a professional you know he's here to do a job he's here to score goals he's here to play something that wasn't happening up at Birmingham for whatever reason he was only got a handful of start I think got two two or three starts I think up there so um, but yeah he's he's coming back he knows the surroundings he's from London um, he knows a lot of people around the club and he knows obviously Leco from being Birmingham when he was being accused of following following him everywhere but um yeah, no, he's, he's made a good start and, you know, and the fans like him and the fans know what he's good at. And um, if we give him the ball, he can just bulldoze his way through a lot more players like he did uh, last season. Mm, certainly. Right, look, I did put it out to uh, to you guys on Twitter to see uh, who you would like to see come into the, the squad uh, over the next few days. Charlton FC uh, said, funnily enough, pretty much what I've said, I would like to sell Soiree. Uh, and get a backup uh, left wing back for Purrington and an, anti- uh, an attacking midfielder uh, to rotate with Elliot Lee. Johnny uh, said, I want to see Jacko give Corey Blackett, Taylor and Kirk a chance uh, in a different formation, but but can see us sticking with uh, uh, with uh, the ID he's trying to invest in, understandably. Would love to get someone to challenge Lee as well. Looking forward to the pod. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we've spoken about Elliot Lee, but I mean, Johnny's pointed out there, Charlie Kirk, he wants to see him given a chance. It sounds like he's been linked with possibly like like we'd be up for loaning him is is what we've been told there's an outside chance he might go to Blackpool apparently according to Matt Scrafton up there of the Blackpool Gazette I mean hasn't worked for Charlie here um I was a bit surprised when I heard that a team in the, in the league above was interested in him but we do know there's potential there like you don't turn from the player that you are at crew into a nothing player in, in six months. We know there are difficult circumstances and perhaps we just don't play a system that, that suits him as well. Lewis, is that how, how you see it? Am I am I giving him too much credit there? No, I agree with you. I think it's it's been difficult for him. I think personally as a player, he's been through a lot this year, you know, leaving crew that he'd been at for a long time, losing his dad in the sort of build up to the move um, to Charlton over the summer. And then, really coming into a side that's been underperforming and not not really getting into it. And when he has been in it, he's not really made an impact. And it's it's a shame because like you say, you don't you don't sort of lose the impact that you that you have overnight. And it's probably is a confidence thing. I mean I'd like to see if he is to go out and I think to be honest he could do with going out. It would be on loan rather than permanent because we've obviously invested um what five hundred thousand into him in the summer for his release clause and He's got a long a long term contract here, so I'd you know I'd like to see him. I'd like to see it work here for him because I think there is potential there. I don't think we play a system that suits him at the moment. Um, but while you know while we're playing that system and he's not really getting a sniff, why not send him out on loan to try and you know get his confidence back up and get him playing again? And if he can come back in the summer and you know force his way into Johnny Jackson's plans in pre season, then hopefully it could be a fresh break for him. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Right, Michael uh, on the email says, uh, "Evening, gents." Uh, even with Chucks and Iki back, it would be fair to say we're still desperate for another striker uh, in this window. I have seen rumours around us approaching Jermaine Defoe. have to say I think that would be the wrong move for us. Our focus needs to be on building for next season now and prioritising with uh, players with at least three to four years in them like Chucks. Uh, would you guys have him back? If we are prepared to bring in someone who turned their back on us, uh, I'd take Lyle over Defoe. I mean, we've already answered the question as, as to whether we'd have him back. I mean, the... The mitigation I gave there to Jermaine Defer about the way he left us, Nathan, was that it was about 50 years ago. Lyle did it about, what, two years ago? Less than that. Um, <laughs> would would you have Lyle Taylor back? He scores goals at this level. That's without doubt. He was our best player in that promotion season. But he absolutely snaked us a little bit as well. Ah, Yeah, of course. I think, you know, if, I don't think there's any doubt in his ability in, in terms of this level. 
Um, and, and at the time, I still think that he should have out, you know, should have played these through his contract. But listen, it was his choice, and you know, it's gone now. Uh, would I like him back? I don't know really, because I think if, if I'm trying to look a bit more in a different direction, where or a different perspective rather, is if if we did get Lyle back, let's say uh, hypothetically we got him back, then you've got Lyle, Chucks, Connor, and then eventually a fit Jaden. You're going to play two. Two of them ain't going to be happy to be sitting there. And I know, yeah. you know, so, and then and that's money as well. So they're not going to be cheap. So I, I think yeah. to get a striker, if we do get a striker in, it's probably going to have to be a loan um, just to help us buy really or something that's not mm. as cheap. Because again, cool. it's, strikers aren't cheap. Imagine that front four with Jermaine Defoe ready to come off the bench as well. And and Derek Hales, who apparently is coming back, I hear, because we're signing all of our old strikers, right? Martin <laughs> so, Pringle. Yeah, oh, the Pringler. I'd have I'd have some of that. Darren Bent. Oh, you can name all sorts of strikers. Bradley Allen out of retirement. Um, off the off the BBC London mic, back onto the pitch. Right, Des uh, says uh, cover a replacement for both wing backs is needed. Another centre back and a midfielder. Uh, not forgetting Jake Porstakowski could be back, but we'll need time to gain uh, fitness. Uh, with an EK signing, I still I think we have uh, three a decent first team strikers uh, with Burstow and Davison uh, in addition. Uh, from the bench. Uh, Platy says, I think uh, JJ uh, may need to move to Boyer's uh, 4-1-2-1-2, like the diamond, uh, would mean uh, Dobbo uh, with Gilbs and Morgan and Lee in midfield. Uh, try Henry as well. Uh, does that mean wingers are history? Still think Kirk would come good, uh, but I'm not aware uh, if we may see him leave a uh, ditch. Uh, Corey Blackett, Taylor and Leco or Leco and uh, keep DJ. Can't see us with two wingers. Uh, need another striker. Uh, long-term, not a short-term waste of money, and a creative midfielder. Big question is, why is this squad not performing? Perhaps a big summer clean-out would give Mason opportunities once out of the relegation fight, uh, which we are close uh, to. And then uh, Jimmy finally says, I'm a simple man uh, with simple needs. Uh, Loan or buy, don't care. Uh, Just uh, enough to ensure a comfortable table finish and that we grab the Papa Smurf trophy. Also, also want to see Mecca uh, back in goal. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever heard of a team breaking the bank to make sure in, in the transfer window, like going out and signing the next Ronaldo just to make sure they win the Papa Johns, Lewis. But I'd be up for it. Yeah, why not? If it gets us a trip to Wembley and a bit of silverware, why not? I think it's all we've got to play for at the moment, isn't it? So you've got to cling on to those small mercies, I think. Mm, yeah, well, that's an interesting point, actually. That segues quite nicely into our next feature. So all, all we've got to play for... Well, what are the objectives now for the season? Obviously, we're, we're a long, long way off the playoffs uh, after a, a little difficult run over the last few games, which has obviously seen us go four without a win uh, in League One. We are still in the uh, quarterfinals now of the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, but with us sitting 13 points outside of the playoffs, what are our objectives uh, for the rest of the season? Johnny Jackson was asked that question during the press day today. Win every one, Phil, is the objective. Uh, but one at, but, but one at a time. So, um, obviously, you know, I've, I've dealt with this a lot and we're not, we don't find ourselves where we want to be in the league. Um, and obviously, the last few games haven't gone exactly how we want them to go. So, we, you know, we need to look at Saturday back at home as a real opportunity, and we stopped. Yeah, we stopped uh, the run of defeats up at Cheltenham. So it was great, great to get that goal. And I felt like, I felt like we deserved it, whether whether that was on the day or, or for the previous few games. Looking back, I felt I felt a little bit hard done by in in the crew, the Norwich, the Wickham games. Yeah. Don't think we got what we deserved out of those games. So if it meant getting a little bit of luck in one, perhaps when we didn't deserve it, I, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that as a positive and. We tried to say, you know, that was maybe a little turning point for us because uh, we deserved that. The, the lads deserved that for their efforts. The supporters deserved it for their efforts because they they follow us everywhere. They was up at crew and they would have left there disappointed. So even though it wasn't a win against Cheltenham, to send them away, you know, cheering and, and with a smile on their face was great. And now um, we, we, we've had to use that as a bit of a fresh start. Obviously brought in a, brought in a new coach this week in, in Terry Skiverton and we've had a clear week uh, we've addressed a few of the issues so I really feel like it's a bit of a fresh start a bit of a fresh bounce about the place this week and and uh, on the back of that point now we've had a good week we have to back that up with a home win um, because we are running out of time obviously to to fulfill our uh, you know what our objective was at the start of the season was to try and get promoted uh, which means obviously now we have to try and finish in that top six and we you know that's what that's what we'll be trying to do is it realistic? It's, it's going to be really difficult, isn't it? But 
what you try and do is you win on Saturday and then you try and back that up and get through to the semi-final of a cup, which, you know, we've got a great opportunity there to, to try and do something good for, for the season. And then you try to go to Portsmouth after that and, and put another one on the board. And that's, that's how you build momentum. Um, and then you just see where it takes you, don't you? So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put an objective on it. My objective always is to win every game of football that, that you know, I compete in. And I'm sure my players are the same. There we go. So Jacko, I think he's made it clear that he understands it's going to be a tough, tough ask to get into those playoffs. As I said, 13 points away, Nathan, is a hell of an ask. Um, especially with the, the, the little bits of problems we've had with injuries now as well. Um, and no matter how, how good that run was under Jacko, it's tailed off and, and, and all of a sudden we, we find ourselves as many points away from the top six as we were uh, when Nigel Atkins got a sack. Mm. Um, so obviously we have to say the Papa John's would be nice, but for the rest of the season, what, are, what, what would your objective be? If you, if you were Johnny Jackson now and you were allowed to admit that you were not going to make the playoffs... What would you say your your plan was for the rest of this season? Well, obviously, I've not heard Jacko's interview yet, so hopefully I don't sound like him. But, I mean, if I was in his position, you would say, you know, you just got to take each game as it comes. I know that's such a boring answer, but I don't think... I'm not worried enough to start looking below us yet. I know some people are, and that's absolutely fine. Um, But I'm also not looking at... I can't remember. I can't even remember the last time I looked at the table. If I'm honest, um, I just focus on winning the next game and trying to just trying to string a few good wins together. You know, like we had against the Cambridge Ipswich um, and the Plymouth game. Right, the, you know, when we went through that um, good patch at the beginning, it's just trying to build a bit of momentum. At the moment, we just look quite tired. We look a bit like we're going through the motions a little bit. Like we know we're going to finish in mid-table. That's the way it seems like it is in recent weeks. But I would just take. Each game as it comes, and like, why not? Look, go go to Wembley. You know, a lot of these players might not ever get a chance to play at Wembley, or they, you know, well, Ben Watson has. He's banged in a winner, any. But there's a lot of players out there who've always dreamed of playing at Wembley. It's an opportunity. Granted, it's not an FA Cup final, <laughs> but it is the pepperoni Hawaiian vegetarian supreme pizza trophy. So, listen, try you know just try and build up a bit of momentum, have a bit of pride. You know, I'm not saying they are not playing or they're not trying hard at all. I'm not saying that, but just try and. Just trying to build, build a bit of momentum and see where it takes us. Mm, yeah, I mean, because yeah, sorry, Jacko, Jacko did say there that maybe the Cheltenham, the last minute equaliser, despite you know an admittedly poor performance. I mean, those little things can be used as a a little lift, and and Jacko wants to underline that as like a fresh start now, good week of training, you know, all that sort of stuff. Chucks in the building, all, all those sort of things that could give them a lift. Uh, he he wants to make sure that this this Cheltenham result and that week of training does now become a fresh start, Lewis. And that, that is important because, I mean, don't forget Jacko's contract, even though it's a rolling contract, could could easily be up at the end of the season if we don't, if we don't have a good second half of the season. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's now it's about trying to salvage what we can out of the season, as you say. And I think a, an appearance in the, in the Papa John's trophy final would be, would be something good to take out of a pretty poor season. And yeah, I mean, the, the result on Saturday was poor. And the performance was poor, really. But it, it takes, you know, to get that last minute equaliser kind of completely against the run of play, as frustrating as it is for us where we expect better, it, it probably can be used as a positive because it will give those players a bit of a lift. And hopefully, you know, going back to the Valley on Saturday uh, against Fleetwood and fingers crossed, you know, against a, a big home crowd, it will it will give everybody a bit of a lift and we can try and go back to, and resurrect our run of form. But for whatever reason at the moment, it's just, we've completely dipped. And I don't know why it's been since Jacko's been made permanent. It's just it's just rotten luck, I suppose. But, you know, the team's obviously got potential and we've seen how good they can play in those first few games under Jacko. And, and that run we went on before he was made permanent, you saw a completely different Charlton side, really. So we know that they can do it. I think at the moment, the confidence is a little bit low and maybe they're, they're a bit worried the mentality is that they're worrying about falling back into the rut they were under Nigel. And, you know, maybe they've just got to be a little bit mentally stronger with that stuff. But these are all things that we'll learn on the way and, and Jacko will learn as a young manager as well. So, you know, I think we've got to think positively for Saturday, try and get a decent win at home and then, you know, kick on from there and see what we can do with the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of contradicting myself within the question here, Nathan, because I was going to say, well, now that the pressure's off that we can't make the playoffs, I guess, will, will they end up playing with a bit of a freedom now? You know, after the, the last four games, we probably said, you know what, the playoffs aren't going to happen. But I guess, as mentioned, with six points above the relegation zone, Morecambe on the same amounts of games played as us, only three points ahead of Wimbledon, who are sitting just outside the, the relegation zone, and they've had they've got two games in hand. I mean, it's it's not completely over yet. There is less pressure because we're not going to make the top six, but I guess there is that little bit of wariness that we've got to look over our shoulders. So perhaps I'm I'm getting a bit naive if I think the pressure's off. Uh, I don't know. I think with I mean, I mean with the players they've got. I mean, they'll know in themselves, like all of us know, that the, the squad on paper that we've got should be nowhere near where it is right at the moment. Um, we shouldn't even I'm not saying that we'll be romping the league um, but we definitely should be in the, in the top six what we've, what we've got on paper but football isn't one on paper and we are where we deserve at the moment um, so I don't think they'll be taking their foot off the gas to be honest for me it's, it's about them proving to themselves and proving to everyone else that they are a good team they are a good side and they just need to start working together and like we did like I said earlier at the beginning uh, when Jacko first come in and then get to a point where we're like mid-table and then maybe good, what, 9, 10, 11, 12 points clear of that bottom. And then you can go and express yourself and play with a little bit more freedom. But at the moment, mm. it's it's too close to start, you know, start sunning it up on the and thinking we've got, we're playing sailing because we know this league is unforgiving. Yeah, it certainly is. Right, well, there is a new face in the building in terms of the coaching staff who can perhaps uh, help uh, drive some life into that side. Terry Skiverton. Uh, has joined as uh, a coach. Uh, Johnny Jackson was asked what he thinks that Terry uh, will bring to the setup. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's you know that is what he does bring. Terry he brings experience. He brings know-how. Um, been in the game a long time. Very very well respected coach uh, in football. Um, obviously, a big history there with Yeovil. He's done um, all the levels apart from the Premier League. He's managed. He's been assistant manager, coach, academy manager. So it, this is a football man who's been there and done it and. Uh, you know, is going to have seen highs, lows, adversity, and someone who can can help me hugely day to day with the experience, experiences, and the highs and lows of running a football club. Um, but also out on the grass, going to help me massively. Like you say, can uh, you know take a little bit of the pressure off of me as far as um, doing all well, me and Jason doing all the coaching, and then uh, you know at times as a manager, you need to take a little step back, take stock. Um, See the session sometimes from the outside. Mm. Notice things that you don't always see when you're, you're in the middle of it, um, taking it and coaching it. So, um, really pleased to have him on board. It's another, it's another eye, another opinion during the week on match day. Um, you know, to help you uh, navigate that ninety minutes or ninety plus minutes or whatever it is to help you make the right decisions at halftime during games as well. So. Yeah, just delighted to have another one on board because obviously we've been we have been a coach down uh, since since I took over, so we've filled, filled that hole and uh, I, I feel like we've filled it really nicely. There we go. So Terry Skiverton, uh, well respected coach, obviously spent uh, pretty much in his entire career with uh, Yeovil, uh, coaching, managing, um, yeah, to been, been with them in the championship all the way down to, to non-league as well. Um, you know, not not a name I uh, I particularly was well aware of it's yeah it's one I'd heard of but not a bloke I knew a great deal about, uh, about before he arrived but you know someone that, that Jack obviously has a bit of history with uh, Lewis and and there's absolutely you can see no harm in bringing in a bit of a bit of uh, what would you call it experience I guess into into the coaching setup and, and a different set of ideas yeah exactly that it's a it's a fresh set of eyes you know to to sort of come in and, and bring experience from from his time in the football league, you know, like you say, he'd been at Yeovil a long time since 1999 or something ridiculous. So he's been there a long time. He's been there as manager, and you know they've been up and down the league. So he's seen quite a lot as a as a manager and as a coach. And with Jacko being a fairly young coach himself, he'll be coming in and he'll probably pick up a few experiences from him. And really, yeah, just a, a fresh set of ideas on things because. At the, you know, we've been short in the coaching department anyway. You know, I know Hayes has been helping out. Um, when we've needed him to and and stuff like that. So, but again, he's quite young, so it's good to see someone coming in, uh, sort of from the outside, really, as well, just to give a a fresh sort of I don't know, fresh look on things. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a good move, and I think he'll work well with Jacko and Yuli as well. Love, 
lovely stuff. Right, one other bit of news that came out of today. You may remember in the FA Cup uh, first round game against Haven uh, and Waterlooville at the Valley, uh, one of their players, Sam Magri, uh, stuff. Well, he, he went off injured and it sounded like a nasty injury at the time. We hadn't really heard much since then, but um, it's since come out today uh, that the uh, the Haven player has suffered a really nasty sort of uh, career-threatening injury and uh, needs uh, surgery to, to get that sorted. Obviously, as, as everyone would know, with the, the, the issues with uh, the overloading of the NHS at the moment, is he's having trouble getting into a, a hospital to have that dealt with. So he's, he's looking to try and see if he can get it sorted elsewhere uh, and they're asking to raise money um, uh, to help pay his medical bills. So uh, Johnny Jackson was uh, mentioned that in his press day today. He'd love it if, if Charlton fans would sort of chip in uh, and help if, if they're in a position to do so. So uh, have a look out on the uh, the Charlton Athletic Twitter uh, and you'll find the link where you can help to uh, donate a little bit of money to help uh, save uh, Sam uh, Magri's career. Right, we'll have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, uh, we'll chat a little bit about the FA Youth Cup. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. there, heads it away, can Lee pick it up, yes he can, ahead of Kamara, now sends Washington on that right hand side, he's in space, Washington, into the area he goes, can he drill it home, yes he can, oh brother Washington, put John tune it up, and could that be the game, a lovely ball out, Connor Washington on the run, Burstow is in the middle, but Connor Washington drills it home. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Fleetwood Town coming down uh, to the Valley. We're going to talk about them uh, shortly, but I mean, just uh, very quickly, the under 18s. Uh, and now through to the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. They beat Accrington Stanley 2-1 uh, during the week. Johnny Jackson was delighted with how well they're doing. Yeah, really pleased for the boys to see some of them today and congratulated them and said, we're going to win it, aren't we? And they all nodded away and said, yeah. So, uh, hey, you never know. We're doing great things. Uh, really pleased for them. Hamza's doing doing a great job with those guys. Got some real talent in that group. Uh, not a difficult um, task going up to Accrington and, and getting the win. So really pleased that, that they managed to do that. Obviously saw the highlights of that game and uh, really good, some good goals again. And uh, obviously now a home tie to look forward to in the fifth round against Brighton, which will be tricky. I believe they they knocked Man City out in the, in the round before. So obviously a difficult game, but um, they're a confident group. They're playing well. They're scoring goals, like you said. So... Hopefully they go into that one uh, full of confidence and, uh, and get through to the next one. Jacko there. I mean, talk to me, Nathan, about this Daniel Canoe kid. He's got 28 <laughs> goals already this season. I mean, oh, is he related to Nwanko Canoe? I mean, he's banging him in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be doing Daniel a disservice liking him to Nwanko because he didn't even move, I think. He had to play a ball to his foot or he didn't move. But, yeah, no, unbelievable, really. Like, considering, you know, it's only, what, January and he's got that amount of goes already. But, yeah, as you say, like, I thought it was a great performance. There was, they played some really nice stuff, all of them, on um, 
the when was it Wednesday, Tuesday Wednesday I can't remember what it was now but yeah watched it and played to I thought Nathan Asimway at right back done well we had some nice touches um, Tyrese Campbell like we've got some good prospects coming in there now um, obviously a lot of people would have seen Owen Henry a lot more in maybe the Papa John games but yeah we've got some good good talent down there really good and obviously Steve Avery and, you know and Hamza Sawar doing a great job um, but yeah great great game and great played some nice passages to play really really confident swagger um, you know, it's really, really good. But yeah, you know, if if Carnu's getting twenty eight, and you know, imagine if we got the full coach, and then we'd probably get about ninety eight, wouldn't he? So, who knows? Well, it's <laughs> only January as well. That's it's effectively <laughs> after the season. If he gets less than sixty goals this season, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, Jason Edigan got the other one uh, just before the break. So as uh, as Jacko saying, Brighton now uh, in the Valley in the fifth round, something uh, very much to look forward to. Now, something else uh, that we had been looking forward to uh, all season, of course, was the first appearance for the Charlton Athletic women's captain, uh, Lauren Bruton, uh, sponsored by Charlton Live as well. We sponsor her home shirt and we were desperately disappointed, as, as I'm sure she was as well, that she suffered a, an injury in pre-season. So she's been unable to play uh, all year so far, but she did finally uh, make her Addicts debut coming off the bench against Lewis uh, in mid week and uh, I thought as we sponsor her show it'd be lovely to have a, a little chat with her uh, to welcome her uh, to the club Oh no I'm really really happy obviously to make my debut for Charlton it's been a long time coming um, a bit frustrating for the first part of the season for me um, but look no term better than the present really to come back um, but today for me it was the most important getting the three points at home against a team that are doing really well one point behind us in the league and we desperately needed the three points today um, to kick us into uh, Bristol away tomorrow, uh, next week which is great so yeah we're really happy well, How did it feel though when you, when you finally got to, to make your day Oh no, I'm, I was a bit emotional to be fair at the end, <laughs> to be honest, I had a few tears because it's, it's been a long time, it's been frustrating for me um, and coming to a new club um, here and being a part of the first professional side, um, I just wanted to get um, get on the pitch straight away and obviously it was a bit frustrating for me but look I'm really really happy and hopefully we can kick on from here. Yeah, how have the group been with you? I guess obviously now that is a professional setup and everyone's in all, all the time. I guess you could at least have the support of your of your, of your team. Yeah, no, they've been they've been really great. They've been really supportive, staff, players, everyone. Um, they've done everything for me and they've they've been with me on the journey. So um, no, I'm really glad that I've I've got them. They've got my back, and um, no, I'm just happy to be out there with them today. Are you setting any sort of targets now for the rest of the season in terms of minutes or, or breaking back into becoming a starting player again? Uh, I'll just slowly get back. I hopefully get as many minutes as possible. Um, just try and get um, get back fit um, get as much training under my belt as possible um, and then hopefully be in contention to start at some point um, obviously the girls have been doing great this is our sixth game unbeaten run so it'll be difficult to break into the squad into the team but no like as I said like I'm just glad to be back and hopefully I can get as many minutes as possible well, Can you tell us about the whole setup with the you know the, the new training ground and, and the club turning professional did, did it feel like a real professional outfit obviously since you've Yeah it's been brilliant Charlton have been brilliant for us um, we've got our own little section at the training ground which is great um, we've got everything we need um, especially for the first year of being professional um, they've done a lot for us so yeah hopefully this year was a was the first year really of getting a, a group of girls together so we'll see how we do this year and then we really push on from there but no it's, it's looking promising now for the second part of the season definitely Good challenge by Gunter and Charlton can break it. It's three on two. Jaisimi switches the play across to Washington. Washington, ball forward to Stockley. Can he get there? Stockley still with it. Jaden Stockley! Charlton two, crew nil. A great counter-attack from the Addicts. Washington calm, composed on the ball. Fast forward to Stockley, who just let the ball run across him, takes it past Jaskolainen and finishes... Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is a big match preview. Uh, I mean, we've uh, had little bits of uh, pieces to, to chat about, but we should look ahead to the game with Fleetwood uh, coming to the Valley. The Cod Army, of course, 
uh, on Saturday. They've not had uh, the greatest of seasons, which is uh, well, easy for us to say. Uh, they're they're an entire two points below us in the table, but they are they are four points below uh, four places below us. They're on nineteenth. They're in nineteenth uh, on twenty eight points. One of the uh, teams poor enough to have lost to uh, Nigel Atkins, uh, Charlton. Uh, you remember earlier on uh, in the season. I want to find out a little bit more about them. Obviously, sat their manager. Uh, in Simon Grayson uh, since then. They've got a new one uh, in. So let's hear from Tom Sandals, who covers uh, the Cod Army uh, for the Blackpool Gazette. It tell us a little bit about them uh, and admits that they would be disappointed uh, with how the season has gone so far. I think the hope going into it was mainly just to steer clear of the of the relegation fight that ended up that they've ended up in. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of it's a different season this one for Fleetwood. They, they're under an embargo and it's kind of a chain of change of the tide and, and things like that. It, they're trying to go about things differently, trying to go with the youth a bit more and things like that, uh, focus on the academy. So the idea, I think, was to steer clear for at least a season with the embargo. Um, remain a League One club is obviously the the main priority. Getting dragged into that relegation battle has kind of meant the end of, of Simon Grayson, but Stephen Craney has come in and kind of galvanised a young group that are quite familiar with him, really, because... He's worked with a lot as the under-23s coach and is, is getting a tune out of them at the moment. Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned the departure of Simon Grayson. I, I guess it came as no real shock considering how how badly they had started the season. But at the same time, with a manager of his pedigree, I mean, do you think it was just the embargo that was the reason that they're down there? Um, not as such, because they do... The players there aren't bad, Um it's difficult because other managers, you know, that have been at Fleetwood, especially, you know, Joey Barton, they invested quite heavily with him, backed him differently than they did with Simon Grayson. It's not that they, ha- they didn't back him. They just backed him in a different way, spent a lot less. Um, he came in after Joey Barton did a good job kind of steadying things. He's a calming influence. He's, he was experienced. But when this season came around, it's just not happened the way that Fleetwood would have liked. And like I say, once they're in that relegation battle, the, the main thing is to make sure they're uh, a League One club next season when this embargo is over. And um, they kind of look to rebuild from there. Mm. And what would you say that Stephen Craney has done different since he came in? Obviously got given the, the job, I think, just before Christmas, was it? After a pretty mm. successful spell as caretaker boss? Yeah, I, I think he's just got a kind of a different demeanour, a different sort of ethos. He's, he's very intense, he's very demanding, and I think the, the players are responding quite well to it. Like I say, it's a, it's a very young group, and he's he's very used to having young players around as the under-23s coach. So I think a different voice as well at times helps. Um, it, it just seems to have, have kicked them on. Obviously, the result last week against uh, Rotherham is kind of as good as you get at the moment. Yeah, and 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 uh, I mean, what would you say in terms of, you know, Fleetwood with their history having having jumped up the non-league and into the the football league as they did recently? I mean, do they still feel like a a small fish in a big pond, or do they do they have higher aspirations? I mean, they have reached the the playoffs in League One a couple of times in the last four or five years. Yeah, the they're not unaware of it. So you know, I think to be in League One, like they're so focused on maintaining that status they're very aware you know we are still only Fleetwood you know they, they only get a couple of thousand on and they don't have the the storied history the history kind of goes back as far as, uh, as Jamie Vardy coming through and, and Nathan Pond playing all the way from from non-league right through into um into the football league they don't have as as deep a history as other clubs and they are aware of that um They've made such great progress, and I think that's partly why they're so keen to make sure they're a League One club because it's such a great position to be in in such a short space of time that they've done it. So they've definitely got the ambition. You know, they were close with, and I personally think that had COVID not hit, they probably would have been a Championship club. The form they were in under Joey Barton going into that, then the season was stopped, and Wickham just handled the playoffs far better. Um, otherwise, I think they'd have ended up going up automatically. They're beating clubs around them. Um, and I think this rebuild in the summer is definitely the aim is to end up back where they were in the, in the top half. But they're aware of where they are at the moment. They're realists in that sense that they are a smallish club with a um, with a short history. And they'll take being a League One club next season for now, especially given the positions that they've, they've been in at times this season. Mm. And looking ahead to Saturday's game, obviously down at the Valley, what uh, who are the, the, the main key men that the Charlton fans should be wary of? 
Well, Ellis Harrison started all right. Um, he signed uh, and scored on his debut. Uh, he's kind of leading the line as the number nine. Um, for me, the main the main kind of talents to look out for, the players that I, I like to see the most, are likes of Jay Matetti in centre midfield, who's a young player and looks a really great, really great player. And uh, Paddy Lane's been really bright, a wide player, um, signed from non-league. And they're the kind of risks that, that Fleet would take quite regularly. And he's he's, he's coming really good. Um, looks really suited to the division. Looks looks to be uh, on the front foot, play positive passes and, and create chances. So, yeah, I'd say any, any of those at the moment. Yeah, many thanks to Tom. Um you know, they've picked up a little bit, haven't they, Fleetwood, since uh, Stephen Craney's taken over uh, Lewis. And obviously that, that result against Rotherham that's got everyone talking, uh, was that last weekend, the 1-0 win uh, with the late, late goal from Anthony Pilkington. So they're on a little bit of a, of a run now, just one defeat in their last six in, in League One. Um, that was at home to Shrewsbury. When I saw that result, I was thinking, wow, they must have really gone backwards because Shrewsbury are rubbish as well but um, overall they're, look, they're looking a lot more solid since they've taken over so it's going to be probably a different prospect to the, the side that we faced earlier on in the season Yeah it will be you know it's going to be a tough test I think you know they're on off the back of two back to back wins and as you say the win against Doncaster at the weekend was you know that'll, be, that'll do them wonders for their confidence you know Rotherham are a great side so for them, for them to beat them um, especially in the last minute as well would have been absolute scenes there wouldn't it so that's that's a big result for them. Um, beat Doncaster just before as well. So they've off the on the back of back-to-back victories, really, coming to a side that have, have lost four in the league in a row. So it's going to be a tough test for us, I think. You know, they're, they're sort of going to be flying high on confidence and we're going to be trying to sort of get back get back in it ourselves, really, you know, try and get our season back on the way. So, yeah, I think it'll be a tough test. I mean, I, I think that at home, I always back us, you know. I think we've, we've a good crowd behind us and with Chucks coming in as well, um, that strengthens us, no doubt. So, yeah, I th- I think that, you know, it's going to be a tough test for us, but I do I do fancy us to beat anyone at home. You, you know, I always do. Yeah, lovely stuff. Well, let's hear a little bit of team news then uh, from Johnny Jackson and his thoughts ahead of the game uh, with Fleetwood Town. Starts off with some injury updates for us, including, uh, of course, for Sam Lavelle, uh, who's uh, on the way back and featured uh, for the under-23s. Uh, during the week. Yeah, Sam went and got 70 minutes uh, for, for the 23s, which was really pleased, came through unscathed. He still needs to build up his, um, you know, his match minutes and his training loads. Uh, he was out for a long time. So, um, he, you know, he, he, he's obviously not, not at the level that he was and that will take time, whether that's more minutes in the 23s or dipping in and out of first team action. But obviously, you know, that's difficult, especially in the nature of his position. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to build him up and um, be smart with with how we get him back to the way we want. But he uh, he's fine. He's come through everything, uh, made, hit every marker, um, and he's feeling good. Um, Connor, obviously, we're continuing to monitor. Um, not we don't believe it's a serious issue, and we hope to have him back uh, real soon. Hopefully for the weekend, if uh, if not, you know the Hartlepool game. And Jaden's a little bit longer, so um, he's he, he's improving. He's improving, but um, again, one that we that we need to monitor really closely. Yeah, it's you know it's disappointing because I've said it. You know, when, when those two play together up there, uh, we don't tend to lose many games. Certainly under 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 my regime, we we haven't lost any when, when they played together. So. They have been a big loss for us. Uh, we can't lose sight of that. But, you know, when they're not around, we have to find another way. And obviously, we found that a little bit difficult. Um, bringing in Chucks would definitely help with that. Um, and if we can get if we can get everyone fit, then, you know, we've got a real fighting chance because um, we've got some real top quality at that end of the pitch. But uh, obviously, we've been, we've been without a lot of them um, for a number of games. So it's been uh, difficult. Well, speaking of difficult, Fleetwood up next. Um, they've got a bit of a new manager bounce um, since uh, I think um, Stephen Crane, who the fleet, new Fleetwood manager, came in. They've uh, a couple of good wins, including a good win against Rotherham. I fly Rotherham, albeit in the last minute. So, uh, again, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, they all are, but um, uh, we're probably getting them at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good side. Like you say, um, new manager, got a little bit of a tune out of them. Um, playing a slightly different way to that they was before, but um, 
I'm really confident that that if my team turns up and plays the way that we can, especially at home, the way that we have been playing at home. I mean, home form's good. Even, you know, the defeat against Wickham was a good performance on the day. Just couldn't put those final touches. So um, really, really happy with how things have been going at, at home. Uh, and the Norwich game, obviously, in the Cup again, another good performance. We just couldn't turn it into a win. So obviously, I can't keep saying that, but um, I'm encouraged by the way that, that we've been going about our business and... Uh, Saturday will be no different. We'll be we'll be attacking it. Uh, our home patch. We'll be expecting to take the game to the opposition, and obviously it's a game that we'll be looking at and uh, hoping that we'll come out come out with three points. It's a great opportunity for us. Yeah, Jacko, uh, looking ahead to the game. I mean, some some interesting team news. Obviously, there Sam Sam's getting closer. Nathan probably won't be back. Uh, Connor could be back, which is uh, hopeful. Uh, Jaden won't be back by the sounds of it. But um, I mean, I, I, one thing that's, that someone did tweet in earlier. Uh, was uh, Jimmy wants to see Maka back in goal. I guess that's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, obviously he's, he's had a couple of weeks at home with his family, but I see he's been back in training. That's the that's the first one. Tick, get that sorted. Mm. Yeah, no, of course. I think uh, I think goalkeepers. Um, uh, I think they're they're the last line of defence, aren't they? So obviously when they make a mistake, it's it's highlighted. <laughs> Especially as obviously Henderson has um, obviously found out in the last couple of games. But yeah, like I think we touched on it on Sunday. Hendo would be disappointed with the goal. I think the defence were flat-footed and could have done more. Um, but he also made some good saves against Cheltenham. So, yeah, it's not been a great couple of weeks for him. But, listen, he, he was brought in knowing that he was going to be the backup to, to, to Mac. And um, I think Mac's been brilliant. I think he's been brilliant this season. I think when he when Ben left and Ben Amos left and... I was thinking, oh, you know, we, you know, Ben was a good goalie, a good solid goalie, and we managed to get Craig from a, a good Portsmouth side, and he was their Player of the Year. So, yeah, I think it's it's a no-brainer that he'll he'll come straight back into the side, and um, and then yeah, hopefully get a, get a clean sheet, which can help us build and hopefully get three points. Mm. Yeah, certainly, and I, I guess uh, you know we're talking about if Connor comes back in. Um, you'd like to see him alongside Chucks again. I, I think Mason. You know, he he did a lot of running, but he didn't he didn't see a, a great deal of the ball last week. So, ideally, Connor would be fit fit enough to come back in. I mean, is there any other sort of places in that side you'd like to change? Obviously, we've we've mentioned the likes of Elliot Lee. Perhaps needs a a, a little maybe a rest or, or whatever it is to sort of get him back into life. But it is about well, where where do you make these changes? Jack made five changes last week, and be interesting how many of those he sticks with. I mean, there was one tweet actually from Alan. Uh, sort of talking, maybe you'd like to see us in a, in a four four two diamond. Uh, he, but Jacko, I mean, I did ask him about formation change last week. He doesn't seem interested in that. He wants to stick with his plan and and make it work. So, what what way would you go if you are to sort of stick in that formation? Considering the amount of changes we made last week, would you change them all back, Lewis? Would you would you use a slip one or two in Perrington back in on the left? That sort of stuff. Yeah, for me, I think Perrington back on the left is the priority for me. Um, I, I do agree on from a midfield front. I think Elliot Lee needs to come out. I think he needs to come out and um, see if he can make an impact from the bench. So maybe you'd leave Albie in there and put Gilby back in because he dropped Gilby last time and maybe put one of them a bit further forward. Um, uh, yeah, and then for me, I think if Washington's fit enough to play, for me, he's the first name on the team sheet every time because of his work rate and what he brings. So, yeah, I think if you have Washington and, and Chucks as a, as a front two, then for me, that's strong. I mean, it's obviously a shame for Mason to have to come out because I think he's done very well. But like you say, he's still so young and not seeing a huge amount of the ball last weekend. You, you don't want to sort of over overuse him, if that makes sense. We've seen it, haven't we, so many times. And we reference it with, with Carl and Grant and stuff. We don't want to sort of burn him out. So I think for him to, to come out and play as a Washington, you know, I don't think he could be too guided with that. And he's still being picked in those match day squads. So it just shows how well he's doing at, at the age that he is. Yeah, does Ryan Innes keep his place ahead of Jason Pierce for you, Nathan? Who's he got into Team of the Week last last week? Which I, I don't know. I was slightly surprised. There was, I, I felt he gave the ball away a couple of times. He, he played his part in an equaliser, I guess. Um, but I mean, Pierce has been done so well this season. Maybe, maybe now he's had a week without a game. I'd, I'd get him straight back in. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Jason Pierce can come in, but I think it all depends really on on managing Innes' minutes, what the sports scientists are doing, really, to be honest. But, yeah, he gave the ball away a couple of times, but Pierce is an ample replacement, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's done He's done reasonably well uh, during his time at the club. And certainly in, in the last few months, where I think he's been 
uh, it's been pretty good. Right, uh, I think we've run out of time on uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you who've tuned in and got your, your comments into the show uh, as well. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at that game uh, against Fleetwood and, and, of course, to head to the massive uh, Papa John's Trophy quarterfinals up at Hartlepool. Uh, so we're looking uh, forward to that. Uh, thank you for joining me, Nathan and Lewis. Cheers, Cheers mate. Enjoy your curry, uh, Lewis. Enjoy your yogurt, Nathan. And uh, we shall see you all uh, again on Sunday. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.